0: Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. The Spirit of God is in this place. Amen? Wow, what a... I'm staggered every time, really, to be honest. Every time I do anything for God that he can use someone like me it's just a real it, it is just, uh, where i was 10 years ago to where i am now it, it, in my faith with jesus and how he to still uses me is because i said yes and i think this is the message of the last few weeks uh, I, I wasn't here last week we just got back last saturday night from 3 weeks in colombia on mission and um I downloaded the message from Lydia last week, and again, it's all about saying yes, isn't it? Yes to to Jesus and serving him. So it's just a real great honor. It's a great day to be alive, isn't it? It's also a great day to be dead. No one can threaten me with heaven anymore. That's for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm going to read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. So if you want to turn to your Bibles or your iPads or your phones, but if you could turn your phones to silent as well, that'd be great. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. But I want to pray, Lord Jesus, we thank you. Father, we we know your spirit is here and, and it's ministering to us right now, Lord. But Father, we, we recognize that one of the spirit's greatest work is the Bible. So we pray for a combustion of power, Lord, as the spirit comes together with the word and really speaks to us. And we learn so much more about you and, what you're instructing us to do, Jesus. So, Father God, talk to us in our hearts. Give us ears to hear and give us voices to speak about the wondrous kingdom of heaven that you've promised. In your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verse 14. Verse 14. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied him. Well, wow. So this is Jesus giving the disciples the Great Commission. And all around the world now, there's people everywhere, Christians everywhere, preaching this message, going into dangerous places, spreading the word of Jesus, as Jesus commanded us to do, that Jesus paid the penalty for sin, and that whoever believes will live eternally with him. To go into all the world, this is the message. Now, as I said, we just got back from Columbia last week for three weeks in mission, and Yes, we have family there, but we went there on mission. And the family heavily involved in the church there. So we gave ourselves to the church there and to reaching out. And for three weeks, 21 days of, it was incredible. It was tiring. It was God moving. I said to God, God, these three weeks, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go bonkers for you. I said that on the Tuesday before we left. I said, I'm just going to go crazy with God. I'm just going to just shout out this, this love of God to everyone I meet. So from the moment we got to Heathrow Airport to the moment we arrived back at Heathrow Airport. I was just going for it. I was praying for the porters, uh, the, the guy on the uh, Avianca fly desk, booking us our suitcases. I was praying for him, the uh, cleaners. It's just, it just a beautiful time. just want to see Jesus reach to all the people. But it's interesting, in verse 14, I just want to note that. Jesus appeared and rebuked them for their lack of faith. Now, we've seen an outpouring, some of the wonderful things that God's doing, isn't he? He's, he's touching lives, he's, he's healing lives. And what Lydia spoke about last week, some of the things that uh, she's seen, about the finger and the ear I heard, and, and the girls' ears opened. It's unbelievable, isn't it? And then the, the, she was in this Mexico, wasn't she? And, and she was praying for this girl with a short leg, and that grew. J- wow, this is really happening, isn't it? But what, how, all, these, all these missionaries and, and that go around the world preaching the gospel—what what keeps them going? What keeps them going and, and keeping humble? You know, how could you see these things and you are praying, and you see these things before your eyes, and they keep humble. It's, it's, it's incredible. Now we've seen a few DVDs recently in this church over the last six, 12 months and Reinhard Bonnke, Heidi Baker, these kind of missionaries. What drives them on? Well, it's love, isn't it? It's love. Cause when you get Jesus and what he's done, it's, and you say to Jesus, make me like you. God's got a heart of love. God loves people and that knocks off all the pride that you have and then you realise you love people. There's a line in the song Hosanna, isn't there? Break my heart for what breaks yours. Break my heart for what breaks yours. And when I first came across that song I was singing and and I really sang that sentence with such gusto because I wanted to, to feel that way that Jesus did. And it's so when you sing songs, they're not just songs. We don't just sing these songs. These are prayers. We're praying to God as we sing and worship Him. This is not a top 40 song. These are, these are prayers for God. And so when you sing these lines, when I sang this line, when I see people in the street, poor or needy and, and actually the lost people just serving money and things, it breaks my heart. And I believe that's the heart of Jesus. He's breaking his heart because people have turned his back on Jesus and lost in other things. So it's difficult sometimes to pray. So just put some music on, Christian music, and just start singing. Lord, just break my heart, Lord. for And just sing. It's a great way of praying. But how big is the love of Jesus? How big is the love of Jesus? When we preach the gospel, we want to know, wow, how big is his love? Now, there's a story from the end of the Second World War. Uh, the British were over in the Far East, weren't they, in Burma and these places. And they were fighting the Japanese, weren't they? And many British were caught, captured and were prisoners of war. And unfortunately, some of the, they suffered terribly, actually, at the hands of their Japanese captors in places. And, um, some were, they were all slaves. Lots died in the, in captivity. And there's a story of where they're building railways and, 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 a, and a colony of British men were lined up and they were doing a tool check, checking spades, pickaxes and things. And there was a shovel missing. And so the Japanese soldiers at this time, in this particular battle, were, were quite, quite mean really. They were, they, they were quite determined to dish out punishment. Who has, you know, who's responsible? And no one came forward. And if no one came forward, the whole battalion would have been beaten. And they were already starving. They were already weak. But one brave British soldier stood forward, just came forward. And he took the beating. And he died as a result of those injuries. Soon after the Second World War ended, and you know, dropping back from that, actually a bit further on, they realized they miscounted. The shovel wasn't missing at all. They actually miscounted. But the Second World War shortly ended after that. And then some of the British turned on their captors as retribution, retaliation. But then some stood between them said, no more. There's been enough suffering already. There's been too much suffering. Let's forgive. There's been too much. And that's a, that's a real story. But that's the story of Jesus, isn't it? He stood forward so we wouldn't get beaten. So we wouldn't have to face the punishment. He stood forward. He came forward. He stood. He bridged the gap. So when we know he did that for us, what, what can we do? That's the love of Jesus. That's the love of Jesus. That what fires us up. That's what fires me up. No need to that for me. Verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Now, this is the vision of this church, Pastor Phil, who's, who's he's preaching in another church this morning. That's his vision, and that's our church vision, to, to reach the lost. It's a command from Jesus, isn't it? To preach the world. Out in the streets of Cambridge, there's many internationals. I've seen many internationals in this room right now. And we're preaching the gospel to all the nations in Cambridge. It starts here, and then it will go out. The nations are in this city. Now, some of us may think... Um, What is the will of God for my life? Well, this is actually one of the commands. Preach the gospel, take the world, heal the sick. Yeah, Lord, but I don't know what whether I should marry or stay single. Well, what do you want to do? Well, get married. Well, get married and preach to save the sick, heal the hands. You know, It's the same command, whatever you want to do. Now, we've got back from Colombia to say, and I want to share some of the experiences that we had in Colombia in line with we did. And firstly, it would save me explaining what happened in Colombia 20, 30, 40 times. <laughs> Do it in one go, so everyone can hear the testimonies in one go, of what God was doing. That just says it all. God's got the world in his hands, is not he? He's got the world in his hands. He loves the world. If a picture can say a thousand words, that's the one. It says it all. Now, I've got a few holiday snaps to show you. And um, not all of them, but they're just a few just to show some of the things that we were doing in Colombia on mission for God. We have photos one and two. Those listening online, I will explain what's on the photos (laughs) so you can hear. We have my wife here preaching in a little village. She doesn't know I'm doing all this. So it's a bit of a surprise to her. So sorry, darling, there's a couple more coming so Lily's here preaching in a little village out in the wilderness in Colombia. And in this village, the conditions are mosquitoes, flies, dust. Dirt. It's, in the, it's near a jungle. So Lily, Lily's taking the word of God into places such as this, preaching the word. And photo two shows part of the, the people receiving the message as well. The conditions. And what the church did here, they go around and they call the village out. The church is doing an outreach here. And they call the village out, give them free food because of the poor, poverty. And they give them free food, preach the gospel. And what Li, what Lily was doing here was she was preaching the gospel of good news. And it was just so Touch into I was sitting there thinking, wow, this is what Jesus is on about. Go to all the corners of the world. And I've seen it firsthand for the first time in, in, in these sort of situations. And after the preaching, we laid our hands on the sick. They were healed. People were healed. The first one, um, Jane and Lily. Jane is the wife of previous pastor Peter. She came for two weeks of the free. And they were laying their hands on some of the, the ladies who were sick. The first lady, she couldn't move her shoulder above there. She couldn't move her shoulder. Within seconds, arm was straight up. God was just pouring his love out on people. And I was praying for some of the men. There was pain going on their knees and 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 lives were given. People sobbing that people from England would come over and share the gospel of love and... It was really just, just wonderful to see God at work. Wonderful. Now, we're His feet, aren't we? We're God's feet. So if we say yes and we move, He'll turn up. That's what He says. So we moved, we moved our feet. We said, yes, God, we're going to bring your word to this village. And He turns up. He does the rest. In faith, we pray and He turns up. He does His work. Now, verse 17 says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Well, indeed, we did lay our hands on sick people and they got well. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Now, as you saw in that photo, there's a bit of a jungle and all this kind of stuff around there. I went in the jungle looking for snakes and deadly poisons, but I couldn't find any, so I couldn't, no, serious, of course I didn't do that. I don't imagine Pastor Phil next week will have a bucket of snakes here. I, I, he's not gonna have that. It's not what God asks us to do. There are times when we're doing God's work that he will miraculously intervene. Uh, in Acts 28 verses 3 to 6, the Apostle Paul was bitten by a poisonous viper and it didn't harm him. The people of the island were waiting for him to drop dead, but nothing happened to him at all. God intervenes miraculously. He's not there to be tested. We can't go around acting like Superman, saying, this is a bite me, I want to survive. God doesn't want that. He sees your heart. He wants a humble servant and he will come and save you. There's a story of a Chinese pastor who, who somehow, he was led out by the Lord of a prison, high security prison in China. Every door was open. The guards were, were in some kind of trance and he just miraculously escaped as God would told him that he would. So God does things that we can't comprehend. Doesn't mean he has to be tested. Now, as we saw all the flies and the insects and mosquitoes there. Now, I I had all the injections. I had yellow fever. I had malaria injections. I had all that. And for day after day, I was spraying repellent all over me. I smelt like DEET, whatever that is, this new odour of DEET. It's like an insect repellent. I'm missing it now. For three weeks, I was putting it all over me. So that protected me from all those kind of things. But you've got to be wise, haven't we? Do not test God. He doesn't want superheroes. Also, in this, the church where Lily's sister was a pastor, we and the, her brother, we, they've reached into this village. Now, in photos three and four, it shows the church outreaching and going to all the dusty roads and in a Land Rover, knocking on the doors, collecting all the children to come to the church. And the car would go out, pick them up and do another journey, pick another one, pick another journey. And the the jeep was full every time. Sometimes there's 70, 80 children they collect for a church service. And the youth of the church are the ones who are actually mentoring them and teaching them in groups. And it's wonderful to see. Wonderful to see And, and the love that these youth are having for these poor children. Beautiful. And in photo five, there's a picture of two young girls here. And I was privileged to be in the Jeep going around all the villages, uh, all the little houses, collecting all the children. And this is Erica and Lou. They're about six and five or something like that. And their story really touched me. I found out that their father beats them and that their mother sleeps with other men to get food on the table. Jesus says, go out and preach the word and, and lay hands on the sick. But he also wants us to look after children. And to this breaks his heart, doesn't it? This breaks his heart. And it's great ministry work. Now, perhaps some of us are not all evangelists. And we, we won't be going around the world laying hands on the sick and going out on the streets. Perhaps it's not for us. But another way of serving God, ministering God's word is to have sow in the kingdom in this way, which is to have a sponsored child, or to sponsor a widow, like the charity that this church supports, which is the World Christian Ministries, sponsoring widows and their and orphans. We have a sponsored child and we support every month that we they give it gives Bible teaching. It brings them up in the way of uh, Jesus, they give food and clothes, and it's another way of sowing into the kingdom as well. So perhaps this is your ministry. Perhaps this is where you can serve God as well by sowing into the kingdom, by having a a sponsored child or widow. Matthew 18.5, Jesus says, And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. Let's not underestimate this ministry. (laughs) This is just important. Everyone's different. Everyone has different gifts. We've got different hearts and but the same heart of Jesus, which is to love and support people. So ask God, maybe that is perhaps your ministry to give. Now, photo six, the Bible says it's time. We need time for rest. Ecclesiastes is a time for rest. Now, there's Lily taking a well-earned rest. She deserves it. I was out on the streets. I was running around praying. It's all right for some, isn't it? You know, there she is taking a well-earned rest. Yeah, it's all right for some. And Photo seven oh, okay, yeah, it is time for rest, you know? I was grabbing these moments too. (laughs) God doesn't want a burnt-out evangelist. He doesn't want burnt-out workers. It's very important that we all rest and recharge our batteries. So it's very important. So take time for rest. Phil, if you're listening, take a holiday. Take a Sabbath every week. Now I want to share with you another story from Colombia, which is just... Just an amazing how God can do things. 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 to 2. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, giving him a charge and instruction. To be ready to preach the word in season and out of season. Now photo eight shows a nice calm picture of the Caribbean Sea. Very beautiful picturesque and I thought this is it we, we 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 had a few days at the coast but God's work never stopped we were praying for the hotel owner we were praying for the cafe people we were praying for the restaurant owners we were praying for people in the streets in the supermarkets and for one moment I got in the Caribbean Sea and I was laying in the sea on the backstroke and I thought, oh Lord this is great thank you I am relaxing in the Caribbean Sea praise God and then, I think a family heard me speaking to Jane, in a bit of English, and they cottoned on, and they swam by and started laughing and wanting to know a bit of English. And here, this group of people here, this little cluster of people, I'm in the middle. And they came back and said, we've got some more questions. Because so I was explaining to them, if you want to go to England, you have to ask God. <laughs> If you want to go to England, to ask God if it's his purpose for your life to go to England. And we got talking a bit about God. And they came back and said, well, how do we know the will of God? How do we know the will of God? So I explained as well, it's about having a relationship with Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. And within 10 minutes, the whole of the family, including uncles and nephews, daughters, held all their hands in the Caribbean Sea, where we are there, and gave their lives to Jesus. In the Caribbean Sea. In season and out of season. I was trying to have a relaxing swim. But God has better ideas. A whole family. Can you imagine in the years to come when they're in the capital of Colombia in Bogota? So how did you come to know Jesus? Well, there was this mad English guy. He led us to the Lord in the Caribbean. Just amazing. How does God do that? How does God do that? Beautiful. Beautiful. Even on the coach journey between the towns, we were, I sat next to a Colombian young man and he knew I was English, so he started to practice English on me. And I wanted to fall. well, it's an opportunity here to talk about God, talk about Jesus, and I got him to I thought, right, I can use this as a practice in my Spanish on him. Now, in Spanish, there's a word for for, which is por or para. And I always get confused between the two. So I got him to say, so Jesus died for my sins and for all my... So I got him to repeat all this in Spanish and English. So he was given the prayer in Spanish on the coach journey. So I prayed for him as well on the coach, uh, for his plans that he had to, to marry and have children... Come to Europe. So I prayed for all this and gave him more words. So God really knows, doesn't he, who to put on your path. It could be a bus journey in the Caribbean Sea. <laughs> who knows where God's going to do something next? Unbelievable. Incredible. It's, it's, it's listening to the voice of God, isn't it? it? When we say yes to him, when we say yes to him, we have to discern his voice and along the way we will miss the opportunities we will miss opportunities i've missed many opportunities but then that builds you up because you realize that was from god i should have stepped out and said something you know it, god sees the effort you're doing he sees that when king david was uh before he killed goliath he was Killing lions and bears from his sheep, wasn't he? Protecting his sheep from those um animals. God saw the thing he did in secret and then he used him in front of both the Philistine army and the Israelites later on. So God sees what you're doing in secret. He sees your effort you're doing. So whether you're in the supermarket or down the street or in your workplace, God sees what you're building up. He sees what you're doing for the kingdom of God. He sees it. One other thing I learned on, in Colombia was when we pray, in the sea healing is, 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 is wonderful. Legs growing is just mind-blowing for me. It's just mind-blowing. Eyes opened. There was a lady who, who, who was going blind and her eyes opened again. These things are amazing. But sometimes we have to remember that sometimes we don't get healed. You know, there's a point in our lives when these bodies will fail. We're all going to die physically. You know, in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. It says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all so let's fix our eyes not what is seen but on what is unseen for what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal and so i know i know scripture quite well and and, and i used that sometimes when i was praying for people and and there was an elderly gentleman i prayed for and he was Spiritually sad, and he, he physically wasn't well, and and I prayed for him, and there wasn't no sign of any healing physically, but I saw him smile, and his eyes lit up. So for me, that's his spirit being renewed, and and that's just important. We got we've got to seek the spirit of being renewed as well, not just physically. So let's remember that when we go out on the streets, and we want us. Sometimes it's nice to see a physical healing. Of course it is. and That's the power of God. Praise God. But it's about the spirit too being touched. Ultimately salvation. Physical healing about salvation. There's nothing, is it? It's about God just changing their hearts. And that really touched me when I saw him walk away. He said, muchas gracias, which is thanks. And he walked away, but smiling. And he had a bit of a spring in his step, but so that, that really helped me. That really helped me. So we must listen to the voice of God telling us when there's an opportunity. If we say, yes, God, use me today. It's one of the, if you say that, he'll use you. <laughs> he'll put an opportunity in your path and there'll be a flutter. There'll be something, your heart going. And you think, all right, Lord, is this it? I remember I was doing some work and I work in stonework. And I was putting some plastic templates for all this decorative stonework in a tube to send to a factory. And as I was putting the, the templates in a tube, I heard the voice of God saying, put some tracks, messages in the tube. Now in our house, we have some little Bible verses in tracks, Spanish on one side, English on the other. Put two in. So I, I was looking through them and, and I said, these two, God? And he goes, yes, yeah. so I put those two in. And, and I was thinking, who's going to open this tube? Who's going to receive these messages? And I was thinking, God, I know the the, the ladies actually work in that reception area. I thought, well, they—I don't know. I just trust you, God. You you do the rest. I was listening. A few weeks later, I do go to this factory um, a few times a year to to see the stonework and uh, you know advise and help. And as I walked in there, one of the ladies was different. She was different towards me. She was very chatty and open. And I later this, and she was talking to me, and, I, and she was saying all this. She was opening her heart up. I was going, "What's going on?" She's 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 not like this usually. And then she looked at me. and She goes, "How did you know?" I said, "Know what?" She just come out of a nineteen year relationship. She was broken hearted. He's moved out, and she was left alone with this house and mortgage. Because and she was desperate. And she goes, "How did you know?" I said, "Know what?" That message you put in the tube was for me. I said, I had no idea. (laughs) It's God knows. I don't know. I said, show me the message. What was it? It was Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. It's the power of God, isn't it? I mean, I'm not preaching the gospel in that moment, was I? But I was just listening and, and just put these things in the tube randomly, really, I just put them in. And then, so I gave her the gospel. I said, well, look, I didn't do that. I don't know nothing. She was sobbing, apparently, when she opened this, and it touched her. And all the girls and the officers were going around and saying, what's the matter? Who's told Steve that I'm in this situation? Well, no one. He doesn't know nothing. He doesn't know that you're in this situation. It's God, isn't it, again? <laughs> How glorious is our God? He reaches out, he sees the the tears of someone who's suffering. And because you said yes, he looks at a way of touching her heart. Hallelujah. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. I just want to take you back to another photo on photo nine. No, there is no photo nine. Okay. Photo nine did show Jane, our sister, mopping the floor of the church. She won't forgive. Maybe that's, (laughs) maybe she prayed for that not to come up. (laughs) So she's mopping the floor of the church. And I just, and I took the photo because I thought, wow, this is wonderful to see, isn't it? And then God used her in those two weeks incredibly. She, she laid hands on the sick. She gave words of knowledge. She preached in the churches. And yet she was able to pick a mop up and mop the floor and just, such a humble servant, humble servant. Luke fourteen eleven. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now Jane was certainly exalted there. The church loved her there, they loved having her there, they were touched. There was a pastors meeting. How many pastors were there? About sixty pastors and God used Jane in front of all these pastors to give a word of knowledge and and, and touch these pastors lives. like oh, that was for me, and three or four said that was for me incredible, so serving in the church is is important isn 't it? Jesus served we can all serve, and we 're always you know eager to help and so, if if any way you want to serve in the church, come forward, and whether it's in the cafe, in the in the children's groups, stewards teams, if that's in your heart too, come and serve and ask about that. It's a great way of ministering as well. God's ways are certainly not our ways. With that tube, I had no idea that God was going to do that. And in Colombia, there was an an amazing testimony where god just done something that's just bonkers for me i cannot comprehend we went to the dentist because the dentist is more economical there that's for sure (laughs) far more economical and uh after my treatment i was on this there's this balcony overlooking a dual carriageway in in the city and so i was just standing there and i was quite a lot of pain actually so for the first hour i was just sort of praying and just letting hopefully the pain go off. (laughs) Not pain, but just uncomfortable, isn't it? And so Lily was having her treatment. And as I was waiting, near the end, I saw this guy underneath the balcony, and he walked across the road, and he had no shoes on. Clearly a a poor guy, the way he was dressed, and no shoes, scruffy. And you could say, whoosh. But I felt God in my voice, in, in his voice in my head say, give him your shoes. So I looked at my shoes, and they were sandals, just flip-flops, you know, the, the, the plastic sandals. I said, God, I'll give him my shoes. And I thought, oh, no, no, maybe that's me being emotional. And I heard it again, says, no, give him your shoes. So I just kept watching him over the balcony. And he crossed the dual carriageway, and he stayed in the middle, and, and the voice was there, give him your shoes. And I was going, oh, Lord, how, how do I go out there? And in my head, I was putting up obstacles. I was if I give him my shoes, I've got to walk across all the road, the the grass embankment, the dirt, the grass, and without any shoes, I was putting all these obstacles up, and you know, and it's not these the roads aren't clean, are they? You know, <laughs> these are dirty roads, and and then he walked across the other side of the road. He's getting further away, and I thought, but also I've got Lily, she's in the chair, and she doesn't like me going out on the streets in Ibagué in, in Colombia alone. It's dangerous. She goes, do not go out by yourself. And I thought, I've got to escape. So I was planning, <laughs> I was planning an escape route to get out without Lily knowing. So I ghosted past her. She didn't see me. And I thought, I step one, got to the door, opened it. And then I thought, I've got to tell her I'm going out. If this is from God, she'll understand. So I went back and she says, you're right. I said, yeah, yeah, fine, fine. And then I was, Determined to go, determined to go, because God had really put it in my, ha- my heart to do this. I've really got to give him my shoes. And she goes, well, do you want to finish off? She wants to finish off a bit more on your teeth, just two minutes. I thought, oh, my teeth again, two minutes. I thought, I've got to get out there. So I said, Lily, right, come to the balcony. So I, I showed the man to Lily on the balcony. I said, that man over there. She goes, where, where? Right in the distance, about a mile away now. That guy there. <laughs> he wasn't that far, was he? Keep an eye on him. I've got to give him my shoes. God's told me to give him my shoes. And that was quite authoritative for me, that was. And so she listened. <laughs> there was no argument. I thought, this is God. Because she didn't put up a resistance. So this is good. This is God. So I went in the dentist chair. And I was in there. She's finishing off for two minutes. It was about two, three minutes. I was going, Lord, also, touch the dentist. Whatever is going to be happening now, when I go out there, she will be touched. Because she was a Christian. And she fell away because of an experience in her life where she got disillusioned. So I thought, yeah, touch her life as well, Lord, in this what's going to happen. So I trusted God. As soon as she was finished, lovely job, thanks very much. Lily, where is he? He's gone back that way. No, was he that way? Lily thought he went that way. So I said, right, you go back, I'm going to chase after this guy. So I went down there and I ran down the road. Lily went to the balcony. And at this point, the guy had come back underneath the balcony, but I was up the road by now. (laughs) I was running up the road, and God said, keep going, keep going. And I thought, this is really a waste of time. And I went down another street, keep going. Another street, keep going. And it carried on for a while. I was quite a long way away from the dentist now. And the man without shoes, I could not see. I could not see the man without shoes. Then a man... On crutches came by and he had those long crutches from his shoulder under his armpits with his young boy about five years old. And he walked past, but I was still looking for the man without shoes. But then I turned around to him and as he walked past and and God says, He's the one. Pray for him. So I thought, Whoosh. So this is it, this is this is the guy, is it? Well I didn't know that, but I was still looking for the man with shoes, without shoes. But I talked I started talking to this guy. I found out that he was shot in the back. He was ex-military in the Colombian army and he got shot in the back. And I, I don't know what kind of pain level that must have been. <laughs> Pretty high. And he said that any for the last five years, no morphine, nothing, no drugs, nothing could take away this pain. And he was in three years in a wheelchair or something like that. And every day was a painful, painful day. And so I said, well, I'm from England, I'm, we're here on a mission, we're, we're praying for people. Can I pray for you? He goes, yes, yes, pray for me. i be, yeah, of course. And so I said, well, Jesus in the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today and forever. He goes, yes, amen, he says. And I said, he heals in the Bible, he can heal today. And so I started to pray for him. I'm not joking, within seconds, he started to bend his leg. He started to bend his leg in seconds. And, he, and, and I stood back, and I think, what's going on? And I said, Stavien, you okay? And he goes, no más dolor, no más dolor, no more pain, no more pain. It went from his body. It went from his body immediately. And I was just like, whoa, God, your ways are far bigger than our ways. Your thoughts are so much bigger than our thoughts. It's that verse in Isaiah, isn't it? His thoughts are not our thoughts. We, When I was looking at the man without shoes, God had already ordained that meeting with this guy down the road who was crying out for him. And as we walked together back towards the dentist area where Lily came out, Lily's with the dentist now, and I explained to Lily what happened and he'd explain to her what happened and his little boy said to lily my dad's crying my dad's crying and lily goes why is he crying of happiness she said little boy said of happiness so god touched that family in an amazing miracle way and i and i was trying to comprehend how what had happened to the man without shoes but what i found out was all from the family were telling me don't give your shoes to people without shoes why? Because they'll laugh at you and sell them for drugs or something. And apparently that, that happens a lot. So God used every situation. And that man came, came to know the power of Jesus, you know, in an amazing way. And the dentist got the gospel. She saw what happened. She heard what had happened. So God touched her life too. Hallelujah. This is incredible, isn't it? Isaiah fifty-five eight to nine. His ways, his thoughts are not ours. Hallelujah. So it's, it's listening to his voice, being obedient to his voice, and sometimes we can think, well, "What do I say? What, 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 what can I say?" You know, it's Psalm eighty-one ten says, "Open your, open wide your mouth, and I will fill it. God will fill it. He'll see your heart's desire." to reach the the lost and the sick, he will fill your mouth. He will fill your mouth. God encourages all of us to preach the gospel. This is a, we are in the last days. I don't know what people think of that. And it's quite a a tough thing to comprehend. Bible says we are. And these signs are all things that are going to happen. And God is reaching out to people. I'm just staggered that God will use me in that situation. In other situations in Columbia as well, which were just so amazing. It's because I remember a sermon here a couple of years ago about a guy just saying, let's just say yes to God and he will use you. And when you come to know what Jesus has done, when he stood forward for you in your place, for the the world, what more can you do? Just give it to him. And it's a joyous life too. There's joy in Jesus. He gave us time for rest. And then he put a family in the sea to pray for. (laughs) We need the Holy Spirit to pour into us. Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to pour into us. So we can be his feet to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So there's many kinds of ministries that we can do. I mentioned a few today about serving and sewing with sponsoring and outreach. Another outreach is what we do here is we go to people's houses, don't we, and clean the houses. That's another outreach of showing God's love. So there's many ways we can do that. So we can ask the Holy Spirit now just to come upon, to come upon us all right now and just to give us that boldness Some of us may be timid or this isn't for me, but with the Holy Spirit, you can do anything. I've been hearing sermons this week of shy people transformed by the power of the Spirit. into making them bold evangelists. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. And we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today.